that is Rich Cummins. I am Freddie Scott, and this is the Lead Like Jesus podcast, where leadership starts on the inside. We're so excited to have you joining us again today. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about integrity and the family. We're also going to be talking about the dangers of the loyalty and the fear trap. And then we're going to have a prayer to help you grow in any gaps of integrity that you might be faced with. So in that last episode, Rich, we started talking about integrity and from a leadership perspective and, and the issues that you see, you know, w- within the world of being a leader and the impact in that space. And today we're going to be focusing on integrity and the home and our legacy and how that actually really plays out. When you look at the world today, mm-hmm. think about this. The one thing that almost everybody dreams about is having a family, you know, being married, having kids. Yeah. But the one thing also that the world is struggling with is family and marriage and having a healthy, successful, thriving marriage and home life Mm-hmm. Is something the world is starving for. And I'm really excited about us talking about that today because I believe the kingdom leaders that are watching right now, um, you may have a perfect marriage, but odds are there may be some struggles there or maybe there's some issues with your children. And so we really want to equip you with some interesting and, and relevant tools to be able to help us navigate integrity in our own homes. Yeah, Freddie, you know, I would say integrity matters the most in our homes. And, and, you know, we talked on our last episode about how you want to avoid being a public success and a private failure. And so today we're just going to drill down and talk more about integrity on the home front. And we're going to start by talking about what the Bible says with respect to that. And I'm going to read some scripture verses for you now. First Timothy 3, 5, for instance, says, for if someone does not know how to manage his own household, How will he care for God's church? So again, integrity, that begins at home first, and then it overflows into the rest of our life. And so Proverbs 15, 27 says this, whoever is greedy for unjust gain troubles his own household, but he who hates bribes will live. So in other words, if, you know, if, if we're doing things the right way, and if we're casting off, you know, the bribes of life, we're going to have a successful life. But if we're greedy, that's going to bring trouble upon us and our families. Uh, Psalm 101, three says it like this. I will not set before my eyes anything that is worthless. I hate the work of those who fall away. It shall not cling to me. So what we expose our eyes to privately, that matters. The private habits that we have can really reap a lot of bad in our lives. So, you know, kind of playing off what we said last time that you may have public success, but if you're privately failing, it's going to catch you. What uh, happens in the dark comes out in the light. You know, it's interesting that that first scripture that you shared, and and I'm going to read it again. It says, for if someone does not know how to manage his own household, Mm. how will he care for God's church? Now, I remember talking to some of my friends about, you know, being a dad and you find out, you know, she gives you the news, hey, you're pregnant. Now, I don't know about you, Rich, but sometimes there's a little apprehension when you find out you're about to be a dad like it's yay it changes everything it it ups the ante the stakes are a little higher freddie now here's the thing it's not because i didn't want to be a dad because i always wanted to be a father Mm -hmm. the issue was 
realizing that I am now responsible for an entirely new person and that their life is dependent upon mine. And the decisions that I make have a direct impact on someone that I am responsible for. And that responsibility responsibility just hit me. And it was something that I didn't know if I was ready for that. Did I miss that course at church? Did I miss that book? Did I miss that webinar? Like I did like, where's the playbook to tell me how to be a great father? Where's the playbook to tell me how to be a great husband? Because what I knew is what I saw. Yeah. It was modeled. It was modeled. You know, what, uh, what do they, how do they say that oftentimes with children, it's more about what is caught than what is taught. And I will tell you this, we have that playbook right in front of us. It's the Bible and we have the best coach, which is the Holy Spirit. And so some of those scriptures really kind of, there's just so much fruit and wisdom in that. And you're so right, Freddie, I'm a father of five kids and I know you've got a good sized family too. And uh, having uh, four daughters and a son, I just, I want to make sure that I finish strong. So many leaders fail in the wrong times or, you know, is, is there at that point when so many eyes are looking at them and so many people depend on them, but I know this, Freddie, I can't do it alone. And so the beauty of that, when we talk about integrity, beginning at the home, especially it, it demands excellence and not perfection. And so we have a perfect Lord that is our advocate that is working with us, through us, and in us so that we can be the mighty fathers and the mighty mothers that God called us to be. You know, that this is, I can't understate or, or emphasize enough how important this issue is because mm. God literally is looking at us and our role in our homes and what we're doing for our spouses as well as for our children and using that as a barometer for what happens for our legacy mm-hmm. and the impact that we're called to have in the world around us. Uh, a conversation my wife and I had recently, we were talking about the kids and and, and some of the growing pains. You, I have four, four sons and a daughter and you know, Boy, sometimes they say boys are boys and this and that. And you, you look at yeah. okay, the teenagers, they're getting ready for college and, and the areas of growth that still need to happen. And something my wife said that just stuck with me, that yeah. showed me how important this issue is. She said, we're not raising sons to stay sons. Right. We're raising sons to be future husbands. Mm. And that reality of, okay, wait a minute. At some point, you're going to be in my shoes. So Mm -hmm. I need to pour into you and equip you so you can walk in that space. And and the Bible has a really cool story about somebody that didn't quite do that as well. And and Eli, Um, you know, he failed as a father. And so I'm going to refer to some notes that I think is going to be relevant for you kingdom leaders as we talk about this. And then there's a really powerful scripture that I'm going to read that I think is going to be really, really helpful for our conversation today. So Eli was a priest and a judge in Israel. And he had a family line appointed to minister before the Lord for generations to come. He was also a father of two sons and he loved them and he gave them the responsibility of ministering in the house of the Lord. And in chapter two of 1 Samuel, we read that Eli's sons were wicked 
men, mm -hmm. not just men. The Bible says they were wicked men. Now, yeah. for God to say you're bad or wicked, you had to be pretty bad and pretty yeah. wicked. And the Bible says that they had no regard for the Lord. Now, first of all, the first assignment that we have as family, as men, as, as, as women, as, as husbands and mothers, and fathers and mothers, is to train up our children in the way of the Lord. Yeah. That's the first assignment. In fact, when you think about it, when God introduced himself to Abraham's son, mm -hmm. he said, hi, I'm the God of your father, Abraham. And then when he went to Isaac's children, yeah, I'm the God of your father, Abraham and Isaac. And all of them knew him and knew yeah. his voice and made decisions. You can go back and read those stories. Eli failed in that. They did not have any regard for the Lord. Go ahead. So that, yeah, let's start. Let's stop there for a second. So you're telling me the chief of, of priests, the guy at the top, his own sons didn't have regard for the Lord. And when we know, you know, the, the prime thing we're supposed to do is love God with all of our heart, mind, soul, everything we are supposed to, to even, even the, the Lord's prayer, our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. God is holy, righteous, and just. And the chief priest, his sons had no regard for that. So what does that say about his role as a father? Yes, you may be a priest. Yes, you may have this role in a church. Yes, you could have this role in the community or whatever. But at home, do our children want to walk in those footsteps? Can't our children hear the voice of God the way you do? Are our children excited about pursuing God's plan for their life? And that's something that's really the barometer I think we all should be looking at. So let's keep going about Eli. So instead of following the Lord's instructions about burnt offerings, guess what Eli's sons did? They greedily indulged in the fat of the sacrifice of the animals and in the choice cuts that should have been set aside for the Lord. So let me sort of break this down because we don't do sacrifices today. <laughs> so, the, so we have these meats and things that were set, set aside for a sacrifice to God, the yeah. best of the best of the meat. And they looked at it and said, Man, that looks pretty good. Why burn it? Why offer it? Let's consume it. And mm -hmm. rather than honoring God with what was set aside for him, they decided to consume it for himself, which was obviously dishonorable and something that was disrespectful to the house of God and to yeah. God himself. And But like any good parent, Eli loved his sons. However, he loved them so much that he ignored their evil behavior. And I'm sure none of us have ever ignored or turned a, turned an eye when our kids have done something wrong. And he also ignored the complaints that the people had about them. Mm -hmm. And this is ultimately what ends up happening because Eli had a very soft rebuke to yeah, sort of a slight tap on the hand when he tried to address his sons. Kind of looked the other way. Looked the other way. And yeah. amazingly, the Bible says this, and I'm going to read this scripture. The Bible says, at that time, God is speaking in 1 Samuel chapter 3, verses 12 and 13. He says, at that time, I will carry out against Eli everything I spoke against his family mm. from beginning to end. 
for I told him that I would judge his family forever, forever because of the sin he knew about. His sons made themselves contemptible and he failed to restrain them. Hmm. It's our responsibilities as fathers and mothers to not just train up our children, but to also correct them when they need correction so that way judgment doesn't come on us unnecessarily and even more importantly, doesn't come on our children. Yeah, that's a good point. And when you talk about uh, uh, generational curses, some people talk about that or sins of the father. I guess the point is when you when you have these things that are character issues, integrity issues, they go overlooked and they're not corrected in the next generation, that can kind of keep passing on because it's being modeled through behavior. And so we're seeing that play out in Eli's life. And, you know, Freddie, the interesting thing is he didn't just fail as a father. Eli failed as a leader because he was in charge of, you know, the, the priesthood over Israel. And so when he failed and he looked the other way or he did not uh, uh, rebuke his kids or correct his kids and allowed them to have this unruly behavior. I mean, how, what is he saying as a leader, Freddie? You know, what, when you end up doing that as a leader, if I'm following you as a leader, if so, let's say if I'm somebody that was supposed to be reporting to Eli and I see these yeah. things happening, why should I walk in integrity when yeah. I see you allowing that to happen? It is, and they start to question God, you know, yeah. God, how are you allowing this to happen in your house, in your temple? These issues have to be dealt with in love, Mm -hmm. But it also has to be dealt with in truth. And you don't ignore it. You don't ignore it because it won't go away. And, and in this case, it was just, it was destroying the culture, right? So if his sons are allowed to get away with this, then why am, if I bring it to a workplace setting, then why am I working so hard? You know, if the, if these kids, these spoiled kids have this unruly behavior, they're not fearing God. They're not doing what they're supposed to be doing. Why should I? You know, and so it starts bringing a culture down. Well, you see that all the time um, at home. I know I coach and and have been around different situations where you're around parents who and parents just have this, have this amazing ability. I think especially moms, dads too. Sometimes dads in sports, like every dad I've met, think their kids are going to make it to the NFL. Like I don't yeah. I don't know why, but they all think that their their son's the next big thing. And it's because when they're playing and they were two year, years old, they could throw the ball farther than the other two year olds or wh whatever their thing is. But what happens is I have this blind spot when it comes to the character defaults to my child. Yeah. Because I, in my mind's eye, I think they're going to be this or that. And I don't ever take the time to really look honestly at the real development of my child. Yeah. And am I intentionally developing them and allowing God to lead me in that process so that way they don't have pride and ego issues that keep them from growing into what God's called them to do and to be in life. Yeah. And so Freddie, now that we're 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 talking about the family, let let's let's bring it back to another part of the discussion which is the loyalty trap. Let's discuss what that looks like both you know, it can happen at work and it happens at home too. What does that mean? What's the loyalty trap? 
So as leaders, we tend to build strong bonds and loyalties to certain employees or family members or business partners. And, and loyalty is an amazing trait. Now, don't get me mm -hmm. wrong. Loyalty is amazing and it's needed. Yeah. It also can become an obstacle because sometimes we can be so loyal to people that we don't acknowledge the issues that need to be addressed. And mm -hmm. many of us can look at certain situations, whether or not they're at home or even at work, where because of who that person is, oh, they were they were highly recommended by somebody, or you know, I, they're a family member, or they're really needed. Whatever the issue is, sometimes as a leader, we can be so loyal to the person that we forget about their development, and we oh. can't ever put that person ahead of the development, and we can't ever allow their lack of development impact our overall culture at home or at work because as soon as the culture starts reflecting things or values that are not in line with what we believe or what we stand for we have to address those things because if we don't it will impact the culture at home as well as at work so the loyalty factor now what happens then when a leader or a father or a mother looks the other way and you're talking about that being a big culture issue. And we've seen it play out and just so sad in ministry of all places. It happens in ministry. It happened here with Eli, but, but we've seen it play out in the headlines too, where you see that uh, you've got maybe, maybe family members are in ministry together and a father might look the other way. And then it really can bring down an entire ministry. And in this case, it brought down the ministry of Samuel. And even, even passing on through his bloodline, there was, a, you know, God, God brought, ended up bringing judgment. The consequences of the sin brought judgment on Eli and his family for generations to come. And unfortunately, I think we all can see or remember situations where, unfortunately, outside situations, it wasn't the leader, but it was someone close to the leader. And yeah. because of what happened there, it caused people to have perceptions about them and their capacity to lead effectively. And so now that's not always fair, you know, because it may not have been that person that did this or that, but it's still their responsibility to a responsibility to address what needs to be addressed. I almost, it's sort of funny. Have you ever been at a store and um, you're in the line and you see a parent with some little kids and those kids are like acting up, like screaming and just acting crazy. He's just acting crazy. Yeah. And the parents just trying to, you know, like, la -da -da -da, like just trying to, oh, stop. And the person that comes to mind is that kid, you're only embarrassed because other people see what they're doing now. Like, mm -hmm. this is probably behavior that the child has been doing at home. But now because you see someone else is looking at it, now you want to address it. Because kids typically behave the way they've been conditioned to behave. Yeah. And I think that this ultimately is what happens in life that we allow things, we allow our children or people close to us to get away with things and then only want to address it once it becomes public. Mm. And that's not right. We need to address things that need to be addressed, teach them how to honor, teach them how to respect. Don't allow them to talk back to yourself or talk back to adults. I mean, there's some basic fundamental principles that I think we all should make sure that we're covering with our kids because once it gets public, it's too late. It's exposed yeah. because that skill set is underdeveloped. Yeah. So unconfessed, undealt with sin doesn't go away. 
it, it, it like it festers and it grows. And so we deal with it at home. If we're dealing with it properly at home, then hopefully it, it carries on into public. And so let's talk about another thing. We talked about the loyalty trap. Let's talk a little bit about the fear trap. So as a parent too, you know, or, or even an employer, you know, sometimes dealing with the behavior of the other can be a challenge. And, and, you know, you've got all different kinds of personalities, like passive aggressive folks. And, you know, that, that, that kind of take it on, take it on, and then they blow up. And, you know, so dealing with different personalities can be tough with parenting as well. And so maybe it is that child you're afraid is going to go unhinged and uncorked and go crazy in public. And so you end up appeasing a little bit. Let me tell you an area, Freddie, that we've had to deal with. We've had to deal with technology. And I know we're going to get into that later. We'll do a whole episode on technology and what that means. But, but you know, there are a lot of kids that spend a lot of time on you know, iPads and, you know, or phones They're, they've got their devices, which, which have been, yeah, they, in some ways it gives them access to great things, but without a filter and without some, some like boundaries and a little bit of restraint, that can be a bad thing. And I can tell you, I've seen many of parents that, that they're afraid to take away that device because the kid's going to go nutto, you know, and my family, we've had, to, we, we were afraid of that too. So we had to actually go to doing sabbaticals on technology. You know, it might be a whole day, it might be a whole week, but you know, we, we have to take a break because what I found is when my kids are more in tune with technology and having less face-to-face -face time with me, sometimes the behavior just goes awry. And so we want to be careful. We don't fall into that fear trap with our kids, you know, not correcting them, not doing the right thing because of the behavior that we're worried about. You know, it's amazing when you talk about that. And I know we're going to have a whole episode on this, but it's amazing when I see young people and they'll be on their phones. It'll be a group of four five, six of them. They'll be in a room together and no one is talking. Mm. No, but they're all communicating in their head down on their phones. with the, with each other too. They're communicating with each other and they're communicating through, through their phones. And, and so this is the first generation in world history that does not need the older generation for content because they have access to it through this device. They do but need they, context. Yeah. And unfortunately you have these young people that are not emotionally, spiritually, or psychologically necessarily developed to be able to process all the information that they have access to mm -hmm. and it can impact them. I mean, and so we can talk about that. And I'm excited though, because we cannot allow fear to impact our parenting, to impact our leadership, or allowing a lack of integrity within our own hearts about how we're dealing with these things to allow our children or those that we're responsible for to be underdeveloped. Right. That's exactly it. Let me bring up uh, one more example for you about the fear trap. Then we'll close that out and move on to another point. So Freddie, I think of an example of the fear trap from the Bible and, and God instructed uh, Saul, the King at the time, King Saul to actually, you know, knock out, wipe out uh, the Amalekites and don't leave anything left behind, but the spoils of war, um, King, King Saul allowed his soldiers to carry away. 
And that became a snare for him. That became a point or an issue where he disobeyed God because he was fearful of the soldiers. You know, they were used to dividing the, the, the prophets, you know, dividing the spoils. And in this case, he was told to not take anything, not take anything from the Amalekites. And he disobeyed that because he was afraid of the soldiers. Mm. And think about that. How many times are parents scared? of their child's response. I don't want to lose them. I don't, I want them to still mm. have this relationship. But we, we come up with all these excuses to why we're more scared of our children or maybe our employees or people mm. that we're called to lead and we're scared of their response as opposed to what did God tell us to do? And, and whenever we are, because you can't please both God and man, mm -mm. right? And so at the end of the day, we have to get to the place to where I have the integrity of honoring God when he tells me to do something or say something, even if I know people may not want to hear it or want to do it, I still have to do or say what God tells me to do. And that's a part of leadership. Got to do the tough things. And, you know, you, you have to, to deal with reality and confront things and think about Eli. So sparing his kids from a rebuke or a correction ultimately killed them, ultimately killed them. So the thing that we sometimes are scared of or think that the consequence might be too severe is actually grace, because the mm -hmm. thing that the enemy is trying to get them to actually reap, to your point, is going to be far, there's going to be far more consequences yeah. down the road if these issues go unchecked and I would rather deal with it in my home or in, in when it's still within my area or realm of, of opportunity to engage rather than it go unchecked. And now it's outside of my control and the ramifications can be something that sometimes you can't get back. So, so let's talk about some resolutions. Okay. Yeah. How can we deal with this and grow in this area? Because there's plenty of other reasons why people fall short in confronting, uh, confronting or resolving issues. Uh, sometimes it's like you mentioned personalities. I may be conflict avoided and, and other, other things. So there, there could be pride issues, you know, of not knowing what to do or no, not knowing how or not acknowledging because I have mm -hmm. this huge blind spot to the reality of what's going on. So what can we do to become better at addressing personal or even personnel issues. Well, here's a couple steps to consider. One, know yourself well. Mm -hmm. Understand what prevents you from confronting others will help you be more aware of those pitfalls. So for example, I've taken the biblical disc assessment as yeah. well as some other assessments where I understand I typically am, uh, whether they, I wouldn't say conflict avoidant, but I would prefer to wait, process, and then engage yeah. rather than engage right now. And so mm -hmm. the, the flip side, the issue though, is I may wait too long to address what needs to be addressed. So I have to be self-aware with my resolution style and my communication style to make sure that I, that's meshing with what's needed for the people that need to hear from me. 
Yeah, that's a great one, Freddie. So self-awareness, understanding who you are, how you operate, but then equally as important, understanding the other. So maybe Eli needed to know more about the personality styles of his own kids, you know, with their behavior. And so I think that's really good. When we talk about the heart of a leader, we talk about the inside part, really getting a grasp of what's going on on your inside and how your personality works, how you're wired and how you emote even is so important. Here's another one is prayer prayer, seeking wisdom, seeking wisdom from the Lord. It's so important. Taking time with the father, Jesus, you know, Jesus, Freddie could have done ministry 24, seven, 365 for three years straight and still not completed the mission of the father. What he need, what he knew he needed to do was obey everything that the father said, do only the things the father did. And so how did he do that? Well, he got prone with the Lord. He got neutral with father, I should say, and he would do that in solitude. And so if you want to, to gain wisdom in this area and you want to have a greater understanding on how to lead your family well and have, be, have integrity at home, solitude, spend time with the Lord scripture, We've talked about scripture a little bit earlier. You know, the Bible is a good playbook. It is a good manual for how we should live our lives. We can certainly learn a lot from Eli, that's for sure. And then I'll follow up by the, the next thing, which are supportive relationships. You know, having those truth tellers in your life, man, we need grace. We need plenty of grace. But Jesus, Freddie, Jesus came full of grace and truth. And so having those people that love us well, but also aren't afraid to confront us when we're wrong, we need them. In fact, if Eli was that, his kids would have lived, I believe. You know, when you said that, I just want to really want to encourage these kingdom leaders that are watching right now, because sometimes the needs or the issues can sometimes feel overwhelming. And, and you may not even know where to start. And mm -hmm. Something that came to mind, Rich, when you're talking is the fact that every need, because like in Jesus' ministry, he could, there's so many things and so many needs of the people. There's so many people that needed healing, people that needed to be able to be able to hear or see, and he didn't heal everyone. Mm -mm. He only healed those that he was assigned to. Yeah. And so don't allow yourself to feel overwhelmed with all the needs that are around you by spending time in prayer, allowing God to give you grace for this day. Give me today my daily bread. Father, yeah. what do you want me to focus on today? Who do you want me to focus on today? What do I need to say or do today? And that will be enough. It's not gonna solve all your family's problems, all the world's problems, but that's not your assignment and it's not my assignment. That's our corporate assignment. If all the body does what we're supposed to do, that the body mm -hmm. does the work. But your individual assignment is done by you hearing the voice of God and doing what he tells you to do when it pertains to your family and the people that you love and care for. So, Freddie, let's think about some questions that we can ponder. So how we can move forward in this. So maybe think, am I faithful in the small things, both at work and at home? And what are some of the small things that I've been ignoring that are negatively impacting me? What are those little, little spurs that are rubbing me that I'm not dealing with? What, what's happening there? Another thing to think about, Freddie, are the unhealthy habits that I'm cultivating. You know, what, 
what are those habits that are helping me break fellowship from those that I love in the at home and with coworkers? What are some other things we can think about, Freddie? You know, well, there's one other question you can think about is what small changes can I make at home and or at work? Yeah. To cultivate integrity and build stronger relationships. And now remember, we've been talking about integrity and perfection and all these things for, for some time. So I want you to think of it from a perspective of on a scale of one to 10 within the area that you're thinking about. 10 being, and I am perfect in this area. I am like Jesus. I couldn't get any better at this if I wanted to. And a one is obviously anything but. Assess yourself. Give yourself a number in the area that you believe God is dealing with you on. Mm -hmm. Are you a five? Are you a six? Are you a seven? Is it a three? Is it an eight? But then ask yourself, what small changes can I do over the next week to improve by one number? Yeah. The goal isn't to be perfect, but the goal is to have progress and to be intentional in the areas that God is dealing with you on. And I think that's something that you can process and something that you can actually do and focus in on to see progress and see your children receive from you what you need. Mm, that's great. Let's talk about next steps, Freddie. So I'm a leader, I'm a father, maybe a mother. And I want to grow in integrity at home and then carry that over into the workplace. Some things that I could begin to do would be to find, to get an assessment, just like you were talking about. You can kind of create your own little scale and your own little assessment. But at Lead Like Jesus, we have a couple right now that I think could be of great benefit. The first one is Biblical DISC. Biblical DISC is a personality assessment that really tells me how I'm wired and also helps me understand how the other is wired, those around me, based on four distinct styles. And so if I can begin to learn about my own personality, my own communication styles, what triggers me, where my tension points are, then I can begin to, to relate better and work better with others. And when I understand that in them, I can help communicate better. So Biblical DISC allows me those things. And it also brings it uh, in the context of the Bible. And, and I'll see examples from Christ and, and some of the people that, that lived with Christ and around Christ and community, case studies that help reinforce that. Another one is biblical emotional intelligence, biblical EIQ. So that's another assessment that helps me when once I understand my personality and maybe your personality, biblical EIQ gives me strategies through emotional intelligence to, to really understand how I feel and, and, and really help me manage those feelings, as well as get an understanding of, of your feelings and help manage the relationship better. So you've got DISC, which helps me understand personalities, and you've got EIQ, which helps me build strategies so that I can manage my own emotions and work with, my, with those around me for the betterment of the kingdom. And then another thing, Freddie, to be thinking about is the Lead Like Jesus four-part series on Lead Your Family Like Jesus. That's something that is on our Leadership Academy right now, and it's a, it's a great opportunity to really grow and develop the Lead Like Jesus um, life uh, in the family setting. And so it really will help your kids connect with mission, vision, values, the purpose of this family. We're doing life together because of this. And so there's so many great resources. And if you go to uh, our website, leadlikejesus.com, you can find those resources now. And that is something that I'm very passionate about. My wife and I have taken the biblical disc 
and it is spot on. If you if you're wondering if you think if you take it, will it work? It is spot on. And one aspect of that report that you will get is a communication sort of grid of how to communicate with that other person and and, and many other things, but it can really help you in your capacity, not only to understand yourself, but also understand your spouse and your children and how to effectively communicate with them and help them from a biblical perspective, be able to help them walk in what God truly has for them. We don't want to do what Eli did. We really want to honor God and do do something that allows God's blessings to come in our lives. Rich, would you mind praying for these kingdom leaders that I believe are passionate about their families? Mm. And we want to be on the right side of this evaluation. So can you please pray for our kingdom leaders that are walking, looking to walk in integrity in their homes? Yes, sir. Heavenly Father, gracious God, we know that before we can even begin to think about leading someone else, we have to lead ourselves first, Lord God. And that means really looking at our own heart, what's going on in the inside, our own motives and motivations and, you know, our purposes. And I just pray, Lord God, that we would look inside. And then as we're beginning to look outside, those people that you've given us uh, uh, um, stewardship over that are closest to us, they're our families. There are spouses and there are children and, and our loved ones. And I just pray, Lord God, that you would help us to live, love, and lead like Jesus with integrity and with grace and with forgiveness and with all of these important attributes that you carry, Lord Jesus. I pray that we would start with that in the home first. And then out of that, that we would begin to see a revolution from our families taking taking this character and integrity to the world so that the world can become a better place and we truly bring heaven to earth. We love you, Lord Jesus, and we pray these things in your mighty name. Amen. Amen. Well, again, thank you so much for joining us, Kingdom Leaders. Don't forget to make sure you subscribe. Follow us on Facebook also. We have a page on Facebook and make sure that you share this information. And if you have any other questions or things of that nature that you want us to be able to share, please make sure you share that information so we can be able to answer every question you have. Until next time, this is Freddie Scott, and that is Rich Cummins, and this is the Lead Like Jesus podcast where leadership starts on the inside. We'll see you next time.